Yeah, wasn't that a good song? I mean, really? Really? Some of these days, I just want to, some of these days, we're just going to preach about the songs we sing just right there. I'll tell you. You can turn, if you would, in your Bibles over to Psalm number 145. Psalm 145. It's really that song we just sang is, is no surprise to me because it's, it just captures what's going on here. I mean, here we are, but strained pilgrims. I know, we are. We, we, we're straying pilgrims, the pathway's dim. All, I know, but it's over yonder that keeps us going. And we just get a glimpse of that with the eyes of our heart when they are enlightened. The eyes of faith see more than what we're just dealing with right here. And really what I'm talking about tonight about is connected to this morning. God's work and God's, God's call to us in the commands he gives us. If we just talk about prayer, we're still over here and... and that's okay. But prayer, just as an example, so we talked about this morning, you go, well, God commands it. Okay. So it's your command to obey. You didn't give the command, but it's your duty to obey it. Uh, I mean, I can pray for you. But I can't spend time in God's presence instead of you. You got to do it. And God's not forcing you to do it. He just said pray. Paul said pray. Pray pray without ceasing. Pray, look in the scripture all the time. People, we got to pray. Okay. You, you, you do it. Well, you better humble yourself when you pray. Okay, humble yourself. Uh, we make this command, and there, there's lots of commands. Funny, I can't think of. I had about five or six in my head a while ago, but all the all these things that we're talking about prayer, and just with those two elements right there, what's the key word that we're getting out of there? It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. Really? Are, are you that big a deal? Are you, are you your own source of hope? Are you I'm not saying this doesn't apply? It does. But I'm saying there's something greater that prayer gives us than that. And it is our God. Is prayer the work of God or your work? Think about that. Is prayer something God does or something you do? That's what we tend to think. Now, I don't mean for anybody to answer out loud, but if you're not asking yourself a question, you're missing the whole point. How do we, this is all, the devil can't do a cotton-picking thing about what's written in Scripture. God said pray, and the devil cannot recount that. The only thing he can do in regard to you is twist your thinking about it and do like he does everything else. Let us get caught up in our part of it. Let us get sidetracked on us. Let us get caught up in ourselves. And I'm convinced any command will do this. But, but maybe most especially prayer. If we can hear the command to pray 
And then, and then look at the truth that God gives us about prayer. And I'm not re-preaching this morning's sermon, but what did, in a glance, what did we find out about prayer? First Peter 5, 7, pray because I care for you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, pray, why? Because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, offered himself by the eternal spirit, chapters 9 and 10 in Hebrews, offered himself unblemished to God to bring you to God, to bring you to the throne room of God. So he ministers you into the very intimate presence of God, to God's throne room. In order, he he brought you here because he cares. He made the way to bring you here just so you could receive mercy and find grace to help you in our time of need. And we're talking about ourselves. We're not hearing it. And on top of that, the spirit, his Holy Spirit that God caused to dwell within you is interceding between your spirit and God who knows the mind of his own spirit. So that whatever it is uh, intercedes for us with groanings that words can, the groanings are of us. We can't express them. And God who knows the mind of the spirit and the spirit who's interceding, according to God's will is being accomplished. So God cares enough about us to make a way to bring us into his presence and he cares enough about the time that we're in his presence that he himself by his spirit is interceding for us in accordance with God's will. Which you want to go with? That or a list of things that you wish or think God should get performed in a matter of, of time according to your schedule. Is prayer you asking God for stuff? Or is prayer what the scripture says it is? Time in his presence. If you'd just give the credit to prayer that God gives the prayer. If you'd give that to the commandment and to our God. If you could see all these things about God. I didn't put those texts on the board. Uh, What else do I have? Romans. If, if you didn't do anything but that, the next time you sit down, and if you don't have a specific place in, in, in to meet with God, get you one. When Jesus was in a certain place praying, Luke 11, 1, that's authority from Scripture by Jesus' example, which we follow on a regular basis, get you a special spot, and in that spot, this is what you do. You go into God's presence. Geographically, you'll be sitting in the same spot that or kneeling or standing or whatever you do, you're not going to change geography. But if you'll accept the truth that God says about prayer, you're going to be transformed from here to God's presence. This is all just the truth of Scripture. And I'm offering to us tonight, I think this idea that I'm presenting is, is for us to see and to get the most out of what God's telling us. Just just look. Just long for these. These are deep things about God. I've had too many Christians look me in the eye and, and ask me, Jadon, pray for me. Were you praying? Yeah, I'm, I'm praying. I don't know. My prayers get past the ceiling. 
No, that's like an idiom. I've heard that so much in our brotherhood. I feel like my prayers are not going past the ceiling. Well, I feel like it's going to rain today, and it didn't. What was my feeling got to do with anything? This is the truth for the Christian, for the covenant-related child of God. This is the truth. Prayer is a lot more about God than it is about you, and God doesn't need your information. God commanded you to pray very specifically because these things are taking place. And the test is not will you say some words and say in Jesus' name. That's not the test. The test is will you go through this and will you accept these truths about your life as a child of God? Because if we do, we'll be encouraged. It'll build, it'll grow our endurance. It'll, it'll, Give to us encouragement. Come over here with me to Psalm 145. David, man after God's own heart. Here's what he says. I will exalt you, God, the king. My God, the king. That's one thing for me to say that. David is the king. And he says, I will extol you, my God, the king. I will praise your name forever and ever. I mean, he's going to put his attention deliberately on God. Every day, that's like prayer, see? Something we do every day. Every day, I will praise you. I will extol your name. Praise, extol, admire. Uh, uh, Hallelujah would be, you know, a word for that. Extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. When, can we just give God credit for coming up with this? With prayer? Can, can we give God credit for coming up with worship? We put so much focus on ourselves. Is worship about us? He told us to worship. Revelation 22, worship God. Not anything or anybody else. Worship God. But is that not just, is, is that not just amazing that God, he gives us these commands that are, that are really a call to understand and, and not just understand initially and not just admit initially, but to remember. To remember. No, this is, this is our God. Great is the Lord, most worthy. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. We ought to brag on God to our kids and our grandkids so they can brag on him to their kids and their grandkids. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. That's my recommendation to us as we're praying. I know, and God wants to hear the anxieties of your hearts. I'm not saying the, the specific words you say in prayer may not be helpful or very important. I'm just saying, meditate on the fact. Meditate. I don't think it likes that really. Meditate on the fact that God's offered you access to his presence. 
They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord, here's how the Lord is. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. That's a picture God gives you of himself. Get it out every now and then look at it. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have, uh, all you have made, all you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of your glory. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom, and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You think it'll help if I turn one of these off? Oh, pedal. Wouldn't you know it? Okay. Yeah. Well, if I turned that one off and just did this one, maybe that'd be better. Okay. So. uh, They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all of his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall. Does he? Yeah, he does. And he lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. Paul would say, Paul would say to the Athenians, uh, he gives life and breath and everything else to all men. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. Here, I think that's good enough right there. And loving toward all he has made. The Lord, the Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. Reverence before God. There's no substitute for it. There's none. You're just going to bow up and reverence God. You don't bow up and reverence anything. You humble yourself. What humbles you more? What, what would humble you more in prayer? A list of stuff you wanted God to get done in a, in a decent amount of time? Let's put revere God or fear God on there. Fear God. Revere God. I'm all for it. He just commanded it. Yeah. 
But don't let the devil twist this around so that this is something you do. If you really want to do this, just give God credit for what he did. It cost you five minutes to an hour to sit down and be in his presence. You know what it cost him? The blood of his own son, Jesus. It cost you five minutes to an hour and, and shut other things off in order to be in his presence. You know what it cost Jesus? His own precious blood. See, where, get, let's get the emphasis on the right syllable, right? So it'll make sense. Okay. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to those who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him, who revere him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. Here's some more truth. But all the wicked, those who don't need God in their minds, who will never revere God in their minds, who don't seek to be in the presence of God and don't want any of God's blessing, they think, no, they will be destroyed. David said, my mouth will speak in the praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. What David has done throughout this entire psalm is give God credit for his nature, for his power, for his concern for his people, most especially for his ear turned deliberately toward his people. Even his compassion upon his creation. If you're not a, if you're not a Christian, God still made you. He longs to show compassion and kindness toward that which he's made. Let that have its course. Seek God. Talk to him about it. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. If, if you want to have every single blessing in the heavenly realms, God paid the price to make it affordable to us. We can have it. So I'm encouraging us tonight. Maybe all that's too much too fast. But Psalm 145 emphasizes that in truth is how the call is made. In truth. Well, the truth is God cares about you, so approach him and cast all your anxiety on him. The truth is nobody, all the devils in hell or nobody else can do anything about the price that Jesus Christ, the son of God himself, the price he paid to be your high priest and the delight of his heart is to serve God as high priest to bring you into God's presence so you can receive mercy and find grace. I don't just mean the forgiveness of sins, nor does he. God's kindness, God's favor, that would be gardening and guiding and directing on any practical day. That would be showing us a way out of temptation. That would be equipping us to tell other people. If we could just do these, give his spirit credit for intercession, give God's spirit, give God the credit for having his spirit do what, what we understand 
His spirit testifies, verse eight, uh, 17 of chapter 8. His spirit is testifying with our spirit that we're God's children. Well, his spirit is testifying in our prayers with God that we are God's children. And God knew we as children all along. That's why he gave us the spirit. See, I've got, God is all over all this. This is not about you getting stuff you want. This is about us being transformed, us being encouraged, us being fortified. Us having a connection and a relationship with God that, that is, it transforms our lives. Transforms why we do what we do and how we do what we do. And gives us confidence and hope that you cannot get on this world outside of him. You can get this anywhere else. It's not available anywhere else. It's just poured out for God's children. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father in heaven, we love you, Father, very much for who you are. We love you, Father, for the truth that we are walking in the midst of right now. As we together collectively, as your children in this place, as your children who've gathered together, and I know many are sick or gone or what, but, but we're gathered here, Father. We're, we're gathered together in a time of worship. That, that worship doesn't mean anything if Jesus is not your son and he didn't apply the blood and he's not interceding for us right now. In the midst of our worship, he is. And so you accept it. And especially, Father, in our prayers right now, we, we bring to you the burden of our heart the things in life that, that tempt us and taught us, the things in life, Father, that, that make the way seem dim, make things seem dark, the anxieties or the concerns, Father, that we face for so many people that we love. And we're here in your presence, Father, now, by the ministry and the blood of Jesus Christ who died for us, and with the help, with the help and our weakness, Father, with the help of your powerful spirit to intercede for us. And we just love you for that, Father. We love you for telling us to pray and then for specifically and explicitly, Father, telling us when we pray in truth and genuine honesty, all the things that are taking place in a prayer. And that the whole thing, Father, is based on the single fact that you care for us. Every time we pray, Father, if we be honest, if we, if we say our prayer according to truth and be honest, we have to admit that you care for us. Because you do, Father, and because Jesus did and Jesus is and because your spirit, Father, is and will be interceding, we ask you to glorify yourself, Father, in our lives. Glorify yourself in our minds and in our hearts. Whether we can put it into the eloquent words or not, but we could at least agree with David because you gifted him to put those words down 
We do agree with David, Father. We do praise you. We will extol you. We will tell, Father, the next generation about how great is our God. You are awesome. You are faithful. And we praise you for it. Please, Father, direct us in your way. Guide us in your way. Reflect your glory, Father, through your people. So the world that does not understand and has not yet heard might give their attention. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. You said you would. Thank you, Father, for answering it according to your will. It's the very thing we've always wanted is your will to be done. We offer you this prayer, Father, by the authority of him who loved us so much, of him who intercedes in our behalf now with that blood, Father. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. The Lord God cannot love you more than he does to give his own son. His continuing invitation, his continuing call to you. What would we suppose the call of the gospel is if it's not just a call to give God credit for what he's done and take God up on what he wants to give you? I'm just reminding us tonight, the command to pray is the same kind of call. Come to God, give him credit, be blessed by him. Could we help you know the Lord? Could we help you... Be his covenant-related child. Could we just encourage you and love on you? If you have any need that's a public need, you could let us know right now while we stand and sing this song.